Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Zoe Paulson. She is a YouTuber and digital nomad who lives in Rome, Italy. She started out doing a corporate gig, like many of us. She was doing event planning and she transitioned into an SEO type role for an e-commerce company. We talk about a few things, including the four-hour work week, growing on YouTube. You see, that's actually where I found Zoe. I was looking for like digital nomad type uh, videos and stuff, and I saw that she was a much bigger YouTuber than than me. In fact, when I reached out to her at the time, I think she had close to 100,000 subscribers, and I had something like 2,000 or so, but she was nice enough to take time out and, and talk with me and do, do this interview. So anyway, we get into you know why she started on YouTube, staying motivated, how she got a book deal, how she self-published a book as well, and all sorts of other stuff. Be sure to check out Zoe's stuff on YouTube. She's actually known as Zoe Ariel on YouTube, and she has a lot of minimalism type videos, lifestyle, travel, and a few other things. She has many, many interests. You should also check her out on Instagram. She's always doing cool stuff in Rome and eating lots of good food. So let's head over to the interview now. Hey, what's up? It's Doug Cunnington here from Niche Site Project. And this is part of my interview series with Digital Nomads. And I'm sitting here with Zoe today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. We are in vastly different time zones. So it's kind of early here. I'm drinking coffee. You're probably having some wine at this point in the day, right? <laughs> not quite, but but getting there. <laughs> getting close. Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere, but not where you're at. Yes. Okay. So a lot of people that are watching this probably don't know who you are. So can you give me a little bit of an intro, who you are and, and what you do? All right. So my name is Zoe, Zoe Polson, but I have a kind of a YouTube presence as Zoe Ariel, which Ariel is my middle name. I started doing YouTube uh, just over two years ago, and I talk a lot about self-improvement, lifestyle, uh, being a digital nomad. Being a digital nomad is a relatively new thing to me. I guess it's been about a year since I've kind of really uh, pursued working online as full-time. And I'm currently in Rome, Italy right now, um, 25 years old. And yeah, I, I don't think I'll be going back to a desk anytime soon. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. Like once you leave that sort of cubicle lifestyle, it's hard to go back and it's probably hard to work for someone else at this point. So yes, it's too, I'm too productive on my own. I feel like I get to work at the times of the day when I am, I feel the most creative and productive, which is normally first thing in the mornings rather than say getting ready, going to the office, then trying to get all that productivity done in in eight hours. But really how productive are you sometimes? (laughs) Yes, I, I totally feel you on that. And you had a corporate job for a little while. What'd you do in that position? So I was in digital marketing. Uh, I began doing, I guess, like event marketing. So event marketing for professional development, self-development, inspirational, motivational speaking uh, conferences. And that was really great. I got to meet a lot of really cool people like like Gary Vaynerchuk even. So that was amazing experience. Yeah. So I learned a lot through that job, but also through all the people that I was working with. 
And from there, I moved into kind of a more digital SEO role in for an e-commerce company. And then that was really good, really great experience. But I did feel kind of a lack of, of creativity. I, I needed an outlet. So that's when I kind of began. YouTube was in that period of time. And then that brought me to working at a marketing agency downtown Toronto, which was really great learning experience as well. I had the opportunity to work with multiple clients at once, which really was kind of, I guess, the final step before working freelance for or a few clients on my own. Right. And you said you've been in Rome for like about two years. Is that right? I've been in Rome for a year, just a year. over a year now. Yes. Did you know anyone before you went over? No, no. I did. Honestly, I visited Rome once before, five years before that. I was supposed to spend three days in Rome. I ended up spending two weeks because I love the city so much. So I completely changed around my traveling schedule. I was backpacking solo. And I, when I left Rome after those like two weeks in total, I said, one day I'm going to come back here and I'm going to move here. So uh, I kind of told myself I'm not going to come back unless I'm actually moving. And yeah, I kind of enough was enough in the corporate world for me. I always had, you know, the the Tim Ferriss (laughs) for our work dream in mind. And then I just pushed myself. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it does sound scary to go to not just a new city, but like a whole different country, a different continent. And do you speak Italian? I'm learning. I'm learning. I'd say that I'm Italian. I mean, I do have basic French being Canadian. It's our second language. And people are like, oh, they're quite similar. But no, there are so many rules in Italian that are so much different. So I, I feel it truly takes a few years to to master the language. I'm definitely a beginner level, but I do try every day. So <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> That's have important. opportunities. So yes. So going deeper into the digital nomad sort of lifestyle, is there anything that really surprised you once you started doing it full time? Everybody talks about take the leap being the scariest point is putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And I just had this, this mass amount of trust that I really felt like I was pushed to the end in my corporate job. I just, it was so not right for me. Everything was just so uncomfortable about it. And, you know, I, I only had two clients and that was a scary thing for me to make such a big move and knowing that, okay, you aren't making enough money at this point for the life that you are hoping to live. So I made the leap without having, you know, a real, like I wasn't in a safety zone. We'll say that. But then the week that I quit my job and my, and I told, you know, the, the freelance clients that I did have at that time, they told their friends. And before I knew it, then I was going over to Italy with four. So then I was fine. So I think that it's that trust and you know, that things, if you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you know, you'll be rewarded. But I don't think a lot of people realize how fast you can be rewarded if you just have that positive mindset. Right. And to sort of add on to that, like I stayed in a job that I hated until I got laid off. So it's really yeah. easy to just like be complacent also. Yes. So I totally agree. I couldn't even do it on my own. I had to get laid off. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, but I mean, that's a sign from the universe. There's better things for you. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Now that you're working for yourself, is there anything better than you thought it was going to be as far as like shaping your day or who you're working with or anything like that? I just honestly, it just keeps getting better and better. I know that this type of lifestyle isn't for everyone. And I completely understand that. Like I'm the only one out of my friends, I guess, 
doing like my closest friends they're like a lot of them are in the corporate world just killing it doing what they love they're so passionate about it they love working uh, for a company doing great things and I know that that's their path whereas like my path is is different so I, I know that it's not for everyone but for me I just feel like it keeps getting better and better because I take it like an adventure and each new challenge and all these it's very exciting it's kind yeah. of like that that video game mentality, like, okay, what, what next? And if the, if the challenge presents itself, like, okay, let's, let's go for it. Like, how can we get through this? How can we get past this? And yeah, it's just an adventure. I'm enjoying it. And, <laughs> but I know that's not for everyone. A lot of people right. do value the comfort and, and, and working in a, in a larger company with multiple other people every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Most of my friends are like that too. I think I'm at least a couple years older than you. And they are like deeply rooted in their jobs. And I I don't think they can leave. They're kind of locked in with, you know, big mortgages and cars and stuff like that. So, so on that note, did you get pressure from like your friends and family to not do it or you had been grooming them for a few years and they kind of knew that you were ready? I'd say my friends more and I always voice this to my, my friends, like, this is what I want. You know, I'd rather do consulting. Like, I don't know. I don't, I feel uncomfortable in the office every day. Like, how do you guys feel about that? And they're like, Oh, I like it. You know, <laughs> we, we do the, all I have these corporate events. Everything's really fun. And I'm like, Oh, I just feel like there's some more adventure for me. I, I need to be outside. <laughs> all sorts of things. So I was voicing these types of things on a regular basis when I got together for dinner with my friends like this. And that, but when I did tell my parents, I was living in Toronto, there in BC. So basically, what happened was I had kind of a little meltdown one day where I was. This is the last. This is the last of it. I'm just going to buy this one way ticket to Italy a couple months from now, and I'm going to let everything figure itself out in the in those next couple months. So I called my parents, and they were well. My dad, <laughs> he was quite shocked. He's like, "What do you mean? You're you're going to move to Italy?" And I was like. Yeah, he's like, you're what I don't understand. He's like, can't you just go on a vacation for a couple weeks, uh, come back and, you know, you'll feel better. I'm like, no, this is the dream. I got to pursue the dream. It's always going to be on the back of my mind if I don't pursue it. So my dad was a little shocked. And then the next day I called him I'm like, don't worry, dad, I have a full on plan. Here's the this is the dates I'm flying out. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I already found somebody to to take over my apartment after. So I called him back and I said, he's like, I, I knew you would do this. He's like, every time you are, you are so set on something, you make it happen. And so I guess I just have to accept that we're going to come visit you in Italy next year. So, and they did come visit. They saw how happy I was here. So that, that was that, I guess they were a little shocked at first, but, um, they see that it works out now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It sounds like the beginning of like a music video, you know, you call yeah. your dad, you're like, I'm leaving the country. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, was it hard to like leave your family and and friends in in Canada? I guess you were already in Toronto, which displaced you. So you didn't have like the same, you know, network that you would have had from like where you grew up. Right. Yeah. So I feel like making the jump to Toronto definitely grew with me a little bit for making the the hop overseas over the pond, I guess. (laughs) So I but, you know, I'm, I'm quite independent. I'd say I've always been independent. I And that's why I feel like this digital nomad lifestyle works best for me because I work uh, where I want to work, whether it be in a coffee shop alone or like at, at home, whatever I'm feeling that day, I can choose where I know my productivity will, will best shine through that day. So I've always been independent, independent worker. So making a move like this was is exciting. Obviously, there was nerves and everything, but I 
I, I really enjoy the challenge. Like I yeah. said, the adventure, I enjoy the challenge. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and you mentioned productivity. Now, people that have a corporate job, they have like a manager and probably some metrics that they're aiming towards and other Pro- honestly, they probably have like three or four bosses. I had like three yes. or four bosses. You probably had three or four. So how do you stay organized? How do you stay like on task with? So, you know, you and I talked a little bit before we started. I know yeah. you have like four clients-ish uh, and you have your YouTube channel and you have, uh, you're an author too, like a mm-hmm. real published author. We'll talk about that later. So how do you keep those multiple like things straight where all of them are obviously very important. I've definitely learned a lot through the past year, but I'd say honestly having a planner and I've tried doing the digital planners, different apps like WeekCal on my phone and things like that. But honestly, just having a, like a planner laid out in front of me every day of the week and with a little calendar of the entire month where I can cross things off. I can write down what I'm hoping to accomplish that day and honestly, my written planner is, it's the best. That, yeah. I've tried the apps, like I said, but I'm just, I guess I'm old school. Yes, yeah. I guess, I guess I'm old school in that way, but I love to write things down. I love to make lists and I, every day I make myself a priority list. Like what, what has to be done today? And once you get all those have to be done, and oftentimes I find that I surprise myself. Like yesterday, for example, I had this massive list of things to do. I conquered that list. And I was already on to, to more things because I just rode that productivity wave. It's very fulfilling when you can cross those, the, everything <laughs> off the list. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Visually. Do you ever go back and add something that you've already done? So just so you could cross it off. I've done. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I got so much done. <laughs> I know because sometimes you, you do things and you're like, that wasn't even on my list. I had forgotten about it or that really needed to get done. So I'll go back to visit my planner and be like, okay, well, you know, we did this already today, <laughs> crossing it off. <laughs> That's pretty funny. When you're working with your clients, do you have to do any, I guess, do they force you to use any tools of productivity or planning or do they allow you to be pretty independent too? We definitely share documents and, and things. So I use a lot of Google Drive, whether this be Excel sheets to manage content and manage like priority lists. Or for example, with my publisher, I'll share the Word documents over Google Drive of what I'm working on and ask them for their feedback along the way, things like that. So definitely a lot of Google Drive because I do use Gmail. Okay. But nothing, nothing over that. I guess you had mentioned you use Calendly. Yep. <laughs> Is that yes? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to look into that, I think, because I like the way that it works setting up the calls. Yeah. And for the people that don't know, Calendly is just like a way for me to send a link and someone can book hours on my calendar in the areas that I like open up that window. So most people can't book a 6 a.m. call with me, but Zoe, she can because I sent her the right link. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a Thank great you. tool. They have a free version, so you could like do a test drive of it. Yeah, I think I'm going to try it out. That would be that would be my first leap into really t- trying an app. <laughs> yeah, like I said, and, and like it just fills in your calendar, and if they update it, it changes it or whatever. So it's very cool. Cool. So as far as like focus and the reason why I'm bringing this up is, you know, for me, I also have multiple areas that I need to, you know, put time into. All of them are really important, but you can only focus on so many things at one time. So when you really have to lock down, say when you have a publishing deadline, for example, like, yes. how do you focus? Espresso. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. No, no, no. Really though, um, I like to have it laid out, like I said, in front of me on a planner. And I'll say, today, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. This, And I make goals for myself, like little incremental goals. So say, let's just say I'm writing a book and it's going to be a novel and it's going to have chapters. So I'll be like, okay, you know, by Thursday, you need to have chapter one complete. And if you don't have, ch- like I always bend these rules a little bit. Like if chapter one's not complete, it's going to be 75% done. And you're going to have to have 25% done of chapter two. So I, I just set these goals like in my planner. And normally what I'll do is on Sunday or Monday morning, I'll write what needs to be done that week and what would be amazing if I got it done as well. So what the have to get done is the yeah. priorities. And then how amazing would it feel if I got X, Y, Z done as well? And then that's kind of a motivation for me as I go through the week, because when you can get to the week knowing or get to the end of the week, knowing that, OK, I did everything I had to do and look at all the other things that I did on top of that. Like, I feel great. And then you go into the next week and set new goals and you just kind of feel like you're conquering. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah, very it's cool. very rewarding. Yeah. And for for other people. So I'm going to repeat back some of what you said, mm-hmm. like. Um, hopefully yeah. I, I got it right. So really like you're a project manager, Zoe, that I'm a project management professional. I did this in my day job and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of the week, you're like, Hey, this is what we want to accomplish. Here's what we have to accomplish. And then each day you're like revisiting it and you're like, okay, I need to do a little bit more. You're adjusting along the way. So you're setting like yeah. individual smaller milestones and you're taking checkpoints and then it like feeds into the next week. So good job. You're a project manager. That's what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. It's not always easy, though, too, because some days I'll be like, OK, you you said that we were going to film two YouTube videos today and wake up and I don't feel like doing it. Well, you're your own boss, so you have <laughs> yeah. to pick your butt into gear a lot. And I, I think also that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize about a digital nomad working for yourself lifestyle is that you have to kick your own butt every day sometimes. Like you don't feel like getting out of bed. If you, you want to sleep another hour, that's, that's too bad. You know, you have to work. (laughs) That's right. That is right. And that actually you're great. You're leading me right down the path that I want to go to. So motivation, and Mm -hmm. we'll kind of talk about this in relation to your YouTube channel. So I did a little research and it looks like you provide a lot of information. I'll put a link for people to see this, but your YouTube growth is in your uh, about section on your YouTube channel. And you have a lot of viewers and and subscribers and and views in general. And it looks like you have a video that's probably going to hit a million views at some point, which is Mm -hmm. crazy, right? And then you started your channel in August of 2015 and you didn't hit, I'm not sure if you know this, you didn't hit a thousand subscribers for like 10 months. Yeah. At that point you had published over a hundred videos. So you did like a hundred videos before anyone was really watching, right? Yes. So how, how did you stay motivated on that? Because a hundred videos is a lot like, you know, it, I know it, but a lot of other people may think, Oh, you know, you do one every three days. Who cares? So how'd you do it? Yeah. I, you know, like I said, it was my creative outlet. It kept me, you know, kept me alive (laughs) a little bit. Like it was my passion. And although at times, yes, it was very discouraging to wonder why isn't it growing or, you know, this video, I thought it was going to be very good and, and nobody saw it. Nobody watched it. Um, but as people would come to my channel, it was the subscriber comments that 
wow, I'm so happy I found you. This video totally helped me. And it was a video I created six months ago. And then I realized people are still watching them. And I thought back to everything I've learned in, in marketing and in my corporate job and even in schools, consistency is key. If you're consistent, and if, especially on YouTube, you can see, uh, like I would often go to say my favorite YouTubers and look at, okay, I'm going to look at what their very first video looked like. And uh, you go click the button and you say, oldest video to newest video. And you're like, wow, six years. They've been doing it for six years and, and look at millions of subscribers. So I thought to myself, you know, there's no reason why one day we can't get to millions though. Okay. We're going to keep producing. And the thing is, is I wouldn't, although I say consistency, I think like some people just put videos. I am, can be a bit of a perfectionist, but I set my schedule for myself. And sometimes that meant that I was staying up till like, you know, three on a, I had work the next day, but I stay up till three, just editing a video because I said that I was going to have a video on Thursday, even though maybe only, you know, 50 people were going to watch it in the, in the first week it was up there. I, I had set these goals and I, it was, I don't know. It was my own consistency project. My, I was my own social media science experiment, I guess. Right. <laughs> That, yeah. That's cool. Compound interest, you know? So when did it like click for you? Like, was there some video that took off? Was it that, you know, the, the one that is going to hit a million at some point or something else? It was something else. So, well, I noticed that I'm, I made a tip or sorry, I made a video on 15 tips to stop spending and start saving money. And that one started to perform quite well, pretty fast. And I was like, oh, okay. And I liked to give the, the tips and advice videos. So I just kept going like that. And then in the process of gearing up to say, move to Italy, I started uh, minimizing my entire life. So I started to make videos then on minimalism because I would make videos on whatever I was going through at that time, whatever books I was reading, whatever I felt inspired about in that moment. So it became like saving money, minimizing your life, like, and I noticed a lot of people were finding me that way because they were typing in how to or tips for this. And so I just kept kept riding that wave. And then what happened was last Christmas, I went to Denmark to visit my family. I was already over in Italy. And at this point, how many? I, I think I had something like maybe five or six thousand subscribers. Some, it wasn't it wasn't a lot. Uh, still, even when I did make the jump to Italy, I think I only had 2000 subscribers. Like I, YouTube wasn't a, a big income. <laughs> yes. And so I went to visit my family at Christmas time in Denmark. And I was thinking, you know, I seem to be just focusing on this number a lot and uh, focusing a lot on YouTube. And I'm just going to take a week off. I'm just going to take a week off. I've been doing this for a year and a half now. I'm just going to take a week, week off. I logged out um, where I went to go stay with my family. They didn't have Wi-Fi and I just left my computer. I signed back on yeah. and a week later I had 15,000 more subscribers. <laughs> I remember what? Yeah. I signed back on and this was like the first week of January and I noticed the, the notification button had said, oh, you have like a hundred plus notifications, like comments. And I said, what happened to my channel? Like what <laughs> happened? So I went to go like, see what, figure out what happened. And I logged on or went and checked out my analytics and it turns out I had this minimalism video that just took off and it had reached over a hundred thousand views and it just went viral. 
So that video kind of went viral because there was this documentary on Netflix. This is what I'm assuming after I went to go check out Google Trends to see why there was so much traffic towards my channel and the topic of minimalism. And it was because that minimalist or minimalism documentary came out on Netflix. And I assume people were probably just typing it in. What is minimalism? How does it work? What can I get rid of? And yeah, so then my content started going a bit viral. And that's how my publisher found me and approached me to write a book on minimalism was because I, it seemed to be a big Google trend. Okay. How about that? That is crazy. So it, yeah. you didn't plan it. You were already into like minimalism and like saving money because you had to be like, that's, I mean, yes. you can't move all your stuff over there. Wow. And it just, the timing hit perfect. Yeah. But it really was like kind of a mental thing too. I know like I, I just decided to let go. I'm like, okay, we're going to take a week off. Just enjoy the time with your family while you're there. And then I said, whoa, (laughs) you know, that's a great way to start the new year. It sure is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good sign from the universe. Good feedback. Yeah. Take a break. So (laughs) when you're filming your videos and I guess just really the general preparation, like, can you sort of take me through the process of like idea generation for topics and then how you actually like prep for it? So I just basically use the the notes app on my iPhone and I'll, I'll get inspired here and there that when I'm just like walking around, I'm like, Oh, that's a great video idea. Somebody will ask me a question throughout the day and I'll be like, I could make a whole video on that. So what happens is I kind of have this collection of a lot of notes in my phone, but I really, like I mentioned, I can't make a video if I'm not feeling inspired or creative about that topic in the moment. It just, it doesn't come across as authentic. I find And I work off my own creativity and my own motivations. So as many questions and video requests as I get, like I'm not going to do an everyday makeup routine. I'd rather do, you know, five book recommendations. So even though the makeup is probably so much easier because I just sit there with in front of the camera doing the makeup, I'm like, nah, I'm going to talk about things that get me energized and excited and really the the self-improvement stuff. That's, I mean, Every time that somebody asks me a question on that, I'm always like inspired to make a whole video on it. So it starts by the notes in the phone, by little conversations here and there, by questions from subscribers. And that's that's the, I guess, the magic recipe. (laughs) Awesome. And then as far as like preparing for it, like literally, do you create an outline or do you just speak from your gut and then go forward? If it's a video on tips, say five tips, for minimizing your life or packing tips or travel tips, I will write these tips out in my iPhone and in the notes and they'll be sitting beside me if I need to reference back. But for the most part, my favorite videos to make and the ones that I do get probably the most positive and authentic feedback on are those ones where I just turn on the camera and I talk about whatever's on my mind or or some type of advice. So I feel like that and that to me is uh, the most enjoyable video to make, I guess. I do like to give the the tips and advice, but I also like to add personal stories on top of that to help people better identify with the message I'm trying to give. In turn, you always get feedback like, okay, she gave 10 tips. These are what they are. She could have made this video two minutes, but it was 10. But there are people out there who really value your real life examples because Essentially, anybody can sit in front of a camera and read a list. You could you right. look on WikiHow and give a how-to video and just sit there. But when you make it personal, authentic, when you can relay real-life examples, people can relate to it more and it will better identify with them. And in turn, it will give them the lesson they were seeking. So yep. It's all in the yeah. story. So Yes, yes. Very cool. And 
you're vulnerable in your videos, right? You, you tell a lot uh, of your personal life. Like, was yeah. it hard to make that leap or did you always have that kind of personality? I've always had that type of personality, whether sometimes it's, it's not the best if you trust too easily, things like that. But I think that, I mean, my audience are just so amazing. My subscribers who have been following me for so long, they're, they're so engaging. And I do feel like I have built this community and, and that we're, we're friends. I mean, they up, update me here and there on their likes and the comments. And I remember them and I'll make videos like just for them if they ask me a question on, you know, how do I, how do I say no at work or how do I get over this situation? And I'll try to make a video to, in response to them because I have built these relationships with them. So that's what makes it easier. Obviously being out on the internet, say if there's a video and I'm crying or something, I know everyone's going to see that. And you know, I've, but, it, but it's my life. And I feel like my subscribers do, they can really connect with me and I want to, you know, help them the best I can, whether that does mean being vulnerable it's just being authentic. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's really impressive. Cause I know, you know, for me, it took me a little while to like start revealing more, but as soon as I did and started telling like more stories, like people appreciate it because they can of course relate. It's not yeah. all, you know, just traveling around and like eating out all the time and like fun stuff. There's a lot yeah. of work to be done. So exactly, exactly. And we all go through, um, you know, highs and lows. And I find that if, if you, you can share, I mean, it's fun to, to share the highs, obviously, if it's a traveling or going out for a nice meal. But when you can also share the lows, then people are like, wow, you know, I, I can really relate to her and and I'll or I can really relate to him. And this is why I'm going to keep watching them, because I know that they're real. They haven't kind of portrayed just this huge, unattainable lifestyle, which I think like that's what has turned me off of YouTubers in the past, too. Like, I don't continue to watch them if I don't feel there's like an authenticity or I don't feel like there's any possible like because YouTubers, you kind of feel like you build a friendship with them in some ways because Definitely. you you've watched them grow. You've watched them go through different phases in their lives. But if they're only sharing the highlight reel, it's kind of like, are they, is this real? Like, or am I just kind of watching a sponsored video? <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's so clear to see it too, because everyone has, has the lows. So mm -hmm. it's not all easy. All right. Yes. I want to switch gears to some rapid fire questions. So cool. <laughs> right. morning routines, do you have anything specific that you do? Yes. I wake normally I'm pretty good at waking up with my internal alarm clock, normally around six, six thirty. But always I will go get the natural light in. So I'm really lucky right now I have big windows in my room. So I will just go open the curtains. Maybe it's not necessarily like full blown sunlight yet, and it won't be very soon. <laughs> but just open up the curtains because that kind of signifies to me it's a new day. We're getting started. And I will journal and I also meditate. Sometimes I'll meditate before I journal. And sometimes if I want to meditate on something specifically, I'll write in my journal uh, what I'm hoping to, to get out of the meditation. But my journaling practice is a lot of um, like every day in the morning. First thing, I'll always pick out at least five things that I'm grateful for and spend the time to write them out and actually think about them. And, you know, sometimes this list is a lot longer than others. Uh, or other times. And I also write about what I hope to accomplish that day and, or about anything that I just feel like I need to, to, sure. to get out or for a dream that I had or something. I just journal and then I'll meditate. And meditation is anywhere from five minutes to say 25 minutes. 
Okay. And then I get started with my day. Go drink a lot of water. Probably drink about a liter of water before I have breakfast. Normally I have a grapefruit and an espresso and then I go to the gym. And then I come back and finish work. No, while this is all going on, the espresso, the grapefruit, the coffee, I've already started working, like already started with emails, planning for the rest of the day. I normally go to the gym. I'll come back, um, shower, whatnot, and then just get into my full productivity mode. Gotcha. In like your ideal day, like how many hours would you work in your ideal day? Sometimes I feel like I'm always working, but I love what I do. So it's okay. Ideal day. Um, you know what I do? My clients always come first. So I always feel really good when I get all of their work done for the day. And then I have the whole day for me to be creative, whether it be filming videos, editing videos, because once I've served my clients, essentially it's my time and that's what gets me excited. But, and for example, yesterday I finished my client work in the morning. We had a brief call and I was already in the videos and I was I think I was editing videos until like 10, 11 p.m. last night because I just get in the zone and yeah, I'm just enjoying it. So, I mean, some days I'm working 12 hours, some days I might work four, but I love it. So, yeah. And there's always more that you can do for your own personal brand. So if you're a self-starter, you're a go-getter, you're always enjoying what you're doing and you just always kind of want to (laughs) work. I know what you mean. So how do you, how do you limit yourself? How do you like turn off like you when you visited your family in Denmark you said Denmark right so like how did you have the discipline to shut it off um you know it's not always easy sometimes it's getting um say a message from a friend and they said oh do you want to grab dinner tonight I'm like I already in my mind I had already planned on editing this entire video having it done But then I'm like, is the video priority? Like, does the video 150% need to be done tonight? Or can you go out for dinner with your friend? And sometimes it's just those moments of realizing that, no, I should have a social interaction today (laughs) (laughs) instead of just working. And so, but then always after I decide to take the invitation when I don't have pressing work, I always leave being so happy that I did that because the conversations you have especially when you're on that productivity flow and you can meet with somebody and you can talk about it, bounce ideas off of each other. It's, it's great. You know, I think just sometimes it's learning to, to separate that you do need to have a social life. If you are working for yourself by yourself all the time, it is very important take the invitations when they come. If you can. Yes. You know yeah. what? I think you just convinced me to go get uh, some beers tonight with a couple friends. <laughs> yes, so. I, know, I know. This is the thing too. Is is it sounds so fun and and sometimes in your mind you're like, you know, but what about the hustlers? Like Gary V. Does Gary V. grab beers with his friends? <laughs> you know, yeah. and and you you have this um this idea in your mind, but you're gonna go out with your friends and who knows what conversations they're gonna bring up? They're gonna give you a, an idea for a video. They're gonna give you that inspiration uh, for the whole next day. So you just, you just never know. So just take that time for yourself. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to, you know, have a drink now and then. So you might as well do it with with people who are your friends and who, you know, you'll have good conversation with. Yes. Yes. When you think of the word successful, who do you think of? Tim Ferriss. (laughs) Why? Because he wrote a book that completely changed my life. And I mean, I, we have, I'm sure like he, this does, one, right? yeah. Sorry. yes, yeah. the four okay. hour week, that's the one. So the reason why I think of him as successful is because 
I mean, he puts himself into those situations where he is a human guinea pig and he always tries to be a better him every single day and master. He tries to be a master, you know, and figure out like what makes people tick. He does podcasts. He has the Tim Ferriss show. He writes books. And to me, like that's somebody who they set their mind to something and they get it done. And that's my idea of success, I guess. Yeah. Nice. I like him too. Yeah. Who's someone that you've learned from or maybe followed pretty closely in the last year or so? So uh, that would be uh, Mimi and Alex Icon. So they are, they're YouTubers. They're also entrepreneurs. And Mimi is an author as well. And they're the creators of the five minute journal, which is a tool that I use. Yes. Awesome. And I guess, did they do anything sort of like specific that you've emulated or just like a solid inspiration sort of all around launching products and having, you know, a YouTube channel and all that? I think just, just inspiration wise, I find that they're, they're very authentic and they lead a life of, you know, travel, being entrepreneurs, they're, they're new parents, I guess they really promote positive thinking and dreaming big. And I find that they're authentic in that way and they do share their real life. So it's easier to identify with them rather than how we spoke about other people before who may not show the the ups and the downs, but who seem to live this highlight real life. Right. Very cool. I'll have to check them out. I'm familiar with the five minute journal. So, okay. So I want to shift gears a little bit to your Mm -hmm. book. So I know you, you just had a book like, I guess, launch in the last couple of days at the time that we were recording, but you also self-published a book uh, before that. So can you just kind of tell me about your sort of journey as an author? Yes, yes. Okay, so in November of last year, so almost a year ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to write my own book and I'm going to self-publish it. It was just a goal. It was just an idea that came to my mind and it was a very therapeutic experience to write about my journey, which was basically the past year of my life, September to September, it was all about kind of getting out of depression, I guess, and really pursuing my dream of Italy, making that digital nomad leap, like just, just taking chances. So that book is essentially basically like a journal of my life for the year. And so I decided I'm going to write this, this book and I'm going to self publish it. But like I said, in January, before I was actually finished writing my personal storybook, the publisher reached out to me in regards to a new minimalism book and a publishing contract. And I had mentioned, oh, I, you know, I am writing a book, but I want to self-publish it. And they said, well, we'll publish it for you. And I said, no, like, this is my project. This is my baby. I want to, I want to self-publish something so I know how it's done. And so that way I can, you know, potentially help clients in the future if they want to publish an ebook. I just was, I just wanted to do everything myself. So I did that. And then I, then I signed the contract with the publisher. And in that process, I had begun writing this first book, the Positivity Handbook, which is now out. And also the Minimalism book, which I just finished up. A, a couple minor edits yesterday, but uh, other than that, the final manuscript is done for that one. And that one's going to come out in January. Cool. So, yeah, so it's been a pro process. But like I said, like I chose to self-publish beforehand, even though I had the opportunity not to just to learn. And I think that self-publishing is is amazing and a lot easier than people think. So if anyone out there wants to write a book, just do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I like you sort of glossed over the you turned down a deal for a little like you said no I'm going to do it myself and then when you were finished then you went back to the publisher that's 
that's cool. <laughs> you, that's confidence. You're like, nope. Not yeah. Do it. Well, cause yeah. But I was like, oh, I just, you know, I designed the cover. I designed it. I, I just, it was my baby essentially. And I'm like, now I'm going to put this out into the world myself. But having done that, when I was working through the contract with the publisher, I felt like I had a new lens on when that I already knew how this process should work on the back end of say Amazon Kindle. Right. So I had a lot more insights than I would have going in blind, let's say not yes. having done it before. Yes. And, and what are the names of the book? So people can go check them out. Yeah. So, um, my self-published ebook is called beauty and the breakdown. And that one, you know, I've had amazing, amazing responses from it. It's been really wonderful because it is a very vulnerable book. So I don't know, just the feedback I've received on that. It just means the world to me. People are so kind and, and, um, yeah, especially those who have been following my journey on YouTube as well. I think it's nice that they have a background story. And yes, this new one is called Love That Sh- Out of Yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's the positivity handbook that I that I wrote um, with the, well, like the publisher presented me, they're like, okay, we want the minimalism book, but you're all about positivity. So can you make us a positivity handbook? If somebody were to just want to start living a positive life today, what would it be? Go. So I created this book kind of about positive thinking, the law of attraction, and affirmations, affirming like positivity in every day. So it's a shorter book. It's meant to be a journaling type of tool and handbook. But yeah, I'm very happy with how that that one turned out as well. If if you can see the cover, it's really cute and it's kind of like fun and girly. But it's it's also like if you're walking by a bookstore and being like, sorry, what's the cover of that? What does that say? <laughs> like yeah, it's meant yeah. to grab people's attention. It's all about you first, living your best life for yourself. So and very yeah. that's super cool. Congratulations. And that's like Thank a f- real physical book. Like that's in bookstores and stuff, right? Yes, yes, it's in bookstores now. I actually had such a, a moment when I was in Toronto this past summer and I went to Chapters Indigo, somewhere like Barnes and Noble, and I typed in at the kiosk like Zoe Ariel Polson and to see what comes up in my yeah. books were all there. And I was Whoa. like, Oh my gosh, this is me. <laughs> that is awesome. So yeah, that was a, that was a moment because I feel like all these things had happened while I was in Italy. I was just like happily writing away, doing all these things, and then when I got back to Canada, I'm like, oh, wow, it's real over here too. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a reality. It was just a, a crazy moment, I guess. Very awesome. Very cool. <laughs> so we're uh, coming towards the end. I'm just curious if you have any like uh, specific goals for the upcoming year. So it sounds like you finished the manuscript for the the minimalism book. And then Mm -hmm. what's next for next year? For next year? Well, the minimalism book is being published in January. My goals, I want, (laughs) I want that book to be a New York Times bestseller. I really do. I feel like it could help a lot of people. I feel like it could change a lot of people's lives. And I feel like it's a different take on minimalism than what, what people think. Some people seem to think minimalism is only living out of a backpack or suitcase but I've written this book as like kind of a self self-improvement way of, of only bringing things into your life, which create value and joy. So I really want to see that book do well. Like just I, my goal in life, I guess one of my big goals is to be a New York Times bestselling author, whether that one is, is a bestseller or not. I want to see it do significantly well. And after that, I, my goal is to, to figure out how to, live in Italy legally forever. 
That's a fun little goal. There's travel goals. There's obviously YouTube goals, like numbers wise and things like that. But I'd say I just keep wanting to work on creating my own content, whether that be through YouTube or writing, because it's what I'm passionate about. And I just feel like I just want to create this consistent build. Yeah. Awesome. That is a big goal. That yes. is, uh, I'll do what I can to help. So thanks. <laughs> the, the last question is where can people find you? Where would you like them to, uh, you know, check out your stuff? Definitely YouTube. YouTube is my biggest platform. So you can find me at Zoe Ariel. And also I, I love Instagram because I love to take photos, especially of those in Italy. So Instagram is Zoe Ariel as well on Facebook is Zoe Ariel. But I'd say definitely YouTube is my most engaging platform where I have the opportunity to respond to comments all the time. And you can really get to know me, I guess, through my hundreds of videos. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. And hopefully we'll talk soon. And thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting with you, Doug. Thanks again to Zoe. I really appreciate her taking the time out to talk with me. And I will link up to her channel, to her Instagram, a few other places, her books and stuff like that. So do check out the show notes and give Zoe a shout. If you're new to The Doug Show, that's fantastic. Welcome. You should definitely check out a few of the other episodes, the interviews with other digital nomads. So we've talked to Thais, we've talked to Elise Dharma, and coming up soon, there's an interview, actually the next episode is an interview with a friend of mine and also a friend of Zoe's, Mackenzie Fly. Mackenzie is my virtual assistant, and I actually met her kind of through Zoe they are friends in real life. Uh, if I remember right, I think they actually met through YouTube though. But nevertheless, it's a small world out there um, and YouTube is pretty amazing. I think both uh, Zoe and Mackenzie have mentioned you know, how many relationships they have uh, made through YouTube and it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I am seeing the same thing even though I'm in a vastly different sort of demographic and I have a different audience and all that stuff than both Zoe and and Mackenzie, but still YouTube was the connection and the common ground. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, the point is uh, definitely check out some of the other digital nomad interviews. And there's another one coming up with Mackenzie fly in the next episode. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Doug show. Really do appreciate it. And if you're new to the show, have a listen to a couple of the other episodes. And if you like it, please subscribe. That would be fantastic. I really like it when you subscribe. And if you have a few minutes and you indeed like the show, you should leave a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find it. And especially on iTunes, I hear the word on the street is that's really good. It helps other people find the show a little bit easier because it ranks higher and it's recommended and all that good stuff. So if you do have a second, it would be awesome. Have a great day and we'll catch you on the next episode.